Save a breath. Save a breath. 
Thank you for lifting up that wonderful song, and we're reminded this is why we celebrate the resurrection. Uh, he went all the way to Calvary to pay the price yes, yes. that we could not afford. I want to, this morning, call your attention to probably an unfamiliar passage, particularly for Resurrection Sunday, but I believe that 
it is more than appropriate for the time that we are in. It comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. And it reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Our key verse is verse 3 this morning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want to preach for the time that is mine on this Resurrection Sunday, a resurrection faith in a pandemic situation. A resurrection faith in a pandemic situation. Today, we gather in a virtual technological manner as the community of faith to celebrate a stupendous and amazing reality that fuels the spirits of nearly 2.5 billion people around the world. Jesus Christ is not dead. He has risen from the dead as he said he would. This historic yet cosmic event is the turning point for creation and for humanity. It is the affirmation that reconciliation with the sovereign God through the blood of the saving God, Jesus the Christ, by the power and presence of the sustaining God, the Holy Ghost, to a sinfully stained humanity that does not really deserve it. God has taken the divine initiative to step into our predicament and into this hostile world to redeem, repair, and reconcile us back to God, regardless of our station in life and the level of sinfulness that we engage. No one alive is beyond the scope, reach, and boundaries of God's love. We are not beyond the grace of God. We are not beyond the mercy of God. We are not beyond the power of God. And we are not beyond the forgiveness of God. 
We're not beyond God because God sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, and that Jesus has now become the resurrected Lord and Savior. As a matter of fact, when you think about resurrection morning, it ought to elicit a shout of praise with all the fiber in our being about this tremendous move that God has made on our behalf. It is German theologian Jürgen Moltmann who states, and I quote, Christ's resurrection and our rebirth belong together. The one does not exist without the other, end of quote. In other words, uh, you and I cannot claim to be born again if Jesus is not resurrected from the dead. You and I cannot shout about salvation if Jesus is not risen from the dead. You and I have nothing futuristic and eschatologically to look forward to if Jesus is not risen from the dead. However, this day, we celebrate and commemorate the fact, the reality, the truth, and the good news that Jesus Christ is not dead, but he is very much alive. I don't want to take the shortcut just to focus on the fact that because Jesus Christ is resurrected, that means that when you and I die, we shall live again. Don't get it twisted. This is great news, but there has to be more than just getting to heaven and having eternal life when we die. This life-altering occurrence has to create meaning for us in the here and now. This cosmic shift, which took place nearly 2,000 years ago, has to have impact even at this moment. We should be delighted to know that we are saved and that our eternal destiny has been secured because Jesus got up from the grave. His resurrection is the overcoming of sin, death, and the grave, but it's got to do something for us at this moment in history. In fact, I contend, my brothers and sisters, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ alters how we approach life, relationship, our purpose, and our destiny. If we're going to survive in these crazy times and in this pandemic situation with a sense of purpose and passion, resolve and resilience, hope and healing, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has to stir within us the strength to endure. Let's be real. This coronavirus, this COVID-19, this pandemic is very scary. It's nothing to play with. It's unlike anything we've ever experienced. This is the first time in Christian history since Jesus got up from the grave that the worldwide church, the ecclesia, has been asked not to gather in physical form to celebrate the resurrection. The Pope is not having tens of thousands of people to gather in Vatican City at St. Peter's Square to hear his Easter homily. Churches across the world are encouraged to practice social distancing of having 10 or less people in its physical spaces. And it is rather unfortunate that some pastors will put their congregation at risk 
by coming together claiming freedom of speech and assembly. This pandemic is nothing to play with. The United States has over 21,000 deaths because of COVID-19, which has disproportionately affected the African-American community. The United States of America at this moment has one-third, 33% of all the known cases in the world. We now have more deaths than any other country in the world. And we still have people who do not take this virus seriously. Those who are listening to this sermon know someone who has been impacted by coronavirus. Either they have contracted it and are struggling through it or someone has died from it. This past week, my heart aches because I lost someone very dear to me in the person of Dr. Harry Blake of Shreveport, Louisiana, who has done every one of my pastoral appreciations here at St. Paul. And he has died during this pandemic and his family and his church cannot even give him the homegoing celebration that he deserves. The lines at food banks are blocks long in major cities as people are struggling to survive. The job losses continue to escalate with economic forecasters predicting nearly 20 million people will be laid off or furloughed by the end of April. The job gains which started under President Barack Obama coming out of the Great Recession and continuing until the beginning of this year will be wiped out in the span of three weeks, we're living in some perilous times. Each week passing is going to test the resolve of the human soul. People who are accustomed to moving as they please now have a stay-at-home order or a shelter-in-place edict. In some places, like the state of Michigan, there's even a mandate not to go to your neighbor's house or even your relative's home unless it's to provide care because people were having parties because the weather was so good. The handling of this pandemic on the federal level, I must admit, has been rather disconcerting and disturbing as press briefings do not really provide us with the confidence that is needed to push forward. Each passing day increases anxiety, and depression, hopelessness, isolation, faithlessness, and even death. And there are those who are wrestling theologically with this issue of faith, wrestling with how can a good God let something horrific like this happen? If God can raise Jesus from the dead, then certainly God could have stopped this pandemic before it got out of hand. If God is all-knowing and all-powerful, then God could wipe this mess out even right now. After all, we are celebrating the fact of how God raised Jesus from the dead. However, for those that are watching us online, remember this major fact. Remember that God did not stop Jesus from dying on that hill called Calvary. There is no resurrection without crucifixion. There is no raising from the dead without having been dead. 
God could have stepped in to save his son, but God didn't. Jesus could have come down from that cross, but Jesus didn't. And yet, I am so convinced that God will use this moment in history to reset us, refine us, reform us, redeem us, and renew us. This is what the resurrection is all about. In the writing that I've shared with you, this particular letter is credited to have been written by the apostle Peter. And Peter pins this letter on the positive side of the resurrection. He is writing to inspire Christians in Asia Minor as they're facing persecution because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Peter is encouraging Jew and Gentile believer how their faith in the resurrected Christ will empower them to deal with the persecution they face. Peter wanted them to understand how they have power inside of them to face whatever sufferings come their way. The section I've read to you this morning starts off with a praise to God who has given mercy through the resurrection of Jesus. This mercy is part of the inheritance that has our name on it given by God to assure us we shall be overcomers. Even though these converts were despised by their family and friends and had to deal with pagan religion, God has promised them an inheritance and he has promised us an inheritance that cannot perish, that cannot be defiled, and that cannot fade. Yes, our faith will be tested Yes, our courage will be tried. Yes, our hope will be trampled upon. But our faith is being purified through the sufferings we have to endure. And one day all of us shall come forth like pure gold. Admittedly, we are enduring some difficult days. Our faith is being tested and tried. However, you and I know about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's why we sing that song, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me. Alone life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. However, he lives more than just in my heart. He lives because he is standing at the right hand of God the Father. Our faith is fortified by praise and doxology. And let me tell you something. When you sing the faith, it is part of church testimony to the truth of the resurrection. That's why Peter breaks out with a praise in this section of scripture. This opening praise moment bears witness about good news. Jesus lives. It's good news. Jesus lives. It ought to inspire us. Jesus lives. It ought to connect us. Jesus lives. It ought to lift us. Jesus lives. Even in the midst of the suffering that we are experiencing individually and collectively, 
We can shout about the risen, resurrected Savior who enriches, empowers, enraptures, enthrones, enables, enamors, encamps, and encapsulate us with his Holy Spirit. How can faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ impact us in times like these? I want to suggest a couple of things and then I'll be out your way. I want to suggest, first, faith in the resurrected Christ produces a living hope. It's right there in verses 3 through 5, just as plain as the nose is on your face. The resurrection of Jesus serves as the reason for this living hope through the source of God the Father. When we give our lives to follow Jesus, God becomes our God and God becomes our Father. This is the God who gives eternal life. This means that God is not way out in space in the far reaches of the universe, sitting on a white throne, not caring what is going on in our lives. God is very much concerned about what we're dealing with as we try to stem the rise of COVID-19 infections and deaths. When God raised Jesus from the dead, God was aiming at our rebirth from anxiety to be born again in hope. So that our rebirth may lead to the rebirth of everything else. What did I just say? What I just said is when you understand that God raised Jesus from the dead, you have a living hope. And anyone who is filled with this living hope because of Jesus' resurrection cannot be indifferent to the short-term hopes of everyday life. To the contrary, our daily hope is fueled by this living hope. And this living hope acts like a purifying fire on the hopes of every day, burning away, watch this, the viruses of vanity, selfishness, and hopelessness along the way. As we deal with this pandemic, we see the negative statistics. As we deal with this pandemic, we see the high rates of infection. As we deal with this pandemic, we are alarmed by the deaths. However, a living hope reminds us that more people will survive this disease than die from it. A living hope helps us to engage in social distancing so we can flatten this pandemic curb. A living hope empowers us to couple our faith with common sense so that we can get to the other side of this pandemic. A living hope empowers us and enables us to realize that troubles don't last always. That one day this too shall pass. That one day we shall be able to come back together as family and friends. That one day we will be able to shake hands and we will be able to give hugs. And we will be able to remind somebody they're not going through their ordeal by themselves. Because we have this living hope, we know that the compulsion of evil has been broken. That life is stronger than death. The grave is a sore loser. The devil has been defeated and demonic powers have been overturned. This hope has secured our inheritance that cannot be corrupted, that cannot fade, that cannot be defiled because it is reserved in heaven. However, what blesses me is that God will let us, God will let us, 
God can let us experience some of the dividends in the here and now. Woo, this thing is getting to me. When you know you are saved, regardless of what is going on around you, you are kept by the power of God because of your faith. In other words, real faith is a faith that will sustain you in times of ambiguity and uncertainty. So when God raises Jesus from the dead, it was not only a turning point for Jesus, but it was a turning point for us as well. And this living hope reminds us that we are buried with Jesus. We accept him as Lord and Savior and we are baptized in the water and we are raised to a newness of life when we come out of that water. Oh, if I had the hymn choir here this morning, I can hear Brother Bill raising that hymn, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, not the federal government, on Christ, not the state government, on Christ, not the city council, on Christ, not the city government, on Christ, not St. Paul Church, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. Oh, uh, y'all got to excuse me. I, I feel something pushing me right now. Uh, next, faith in the resurrected Christ helps us to find meaning in the midst of suffering. It's right there in verses 6 through 7. We see this living hope produces joy. Peter writes, rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. In other words, joy is independent of our present circumstances. If you notice, Peter does not say he's happy, but he tells us to rejoice. These Christians are experiencing persecution because of their faith in Jesus Christ. They have been forced to run from their lives go into hiding and leave everything behind. Homes, property, real estate, businesses, jobs, money, friends, family, church, and other disciples. The Roman government has not sanctioned the Christian religion as one of the state religions. And so the followers of Jesus were catching hell. While we may not be, while we at this time are not being persecuted by the government, God knows we are being persecuted by this virus. This virus has created separation, anxiety, and death. Uh, we are scared. But for those of us who know the resurrected Christ, when we suffer, not because of anything we've done wrong, but because of persecution or circumstances, it becomes an opportunity for us to become stronger. Any reasonable person knows that life is hard, but it has been greatly compounded by this coronavirus. All of us have faced or will face sickness, disease, suffering, sorrow, ridicule, loss, disappointment, disease, criticism, loneliness, emptiness, isolation, desolation, separation, and death. However, Peter tells us, that God can use suffering as a refining fire. 
I know that life can be disastrous. But through the power of God, life starts all over, even when we go through a horrible experience. How many times have we heard the testimony of people after a devastating sickness, after the fire has destroyed the whole house, after a business has gone bankrupt, after becoming employed, or even after the death of a loved one. How many of us have heard how God gave them power to make it through those situations? And that's what the resurrection is all about. God has the ability to take this moment, even this pandemic moment, and somehow extrapolate glory out of it. I declare, I don't want to suffer, but that's where we get our strength. I don't want us to deal with pain, but that's where we get our power. I don't want us to be sick, but that's where we can get our solace. I don't want us to go through trouble, but that's where we get our tenacity. I don't want us to deal with a test, but that's where we get our testimony. I don't want us to have any errors, but that's where we gain experience. I don't want us to cry. But that's where we experience God's compassion. And I don't want us to be crucified, but that's where we will have resurrection. And when we're able to extrapolate meaning out of our suffering, we'll be able to say, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. Let me drop just one more thing. I got to get out of here. Let me just drop just one more thing on you and then I'll be done. Finally, faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ empowers us to walk by faith and not by sight. That's in verses 8 and 9. Peter basically writes that even though you've never seen Jesus, you love him. And you believe him. All this shouts me. Like us, these believers never came in physical contact with Jesus. But they love Jesus. And they trust Jesus. Peter walked and talked with the master for three long years. But these believers like us never saw Jesus. But they believed Jesus. And they trusted Jesus. And they did it with joy. Ooh, I can see Peter getting goosebumps right now. I, I can see the apostle Peter being fueled up to share the good news with these believers. They were living as if though they had seen Jesus for themselves, even though they had not. Let, 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 me, let me tell you what the problem is with some of you all who are watching me on screen, some of you all who are listening to me through the telephone line, some of you all who are in the sanctuary right now, the problem is with us right now is that some of us walk by sight and not by faith because we've seen some rough stuff. What we have seen and what we have been through has been so horrific until it traumatized us. And that trauma has created so much drama until we can't function with a sense of purpose been through too much we've seen too much been down too long we've been to the press we've been through too much hell we've seen too much wrong and what you saw has messed you up the cancer was too horrific the accident was too horrific the betrayal was too horrific the rumors were too horrific 
This pandemic is too horrific. Death is too horrific. And too many of us have seen some stuff that has messed up our faith. But the shout for me is this. That if you keep your faith. And if you trust God. Even when you don't know how things are going to turn out. You will experience uh, God giving you power and strength uh, to make it through whatever you're going through. Y'all got to excuse me, my Mississippi is slipping out. But, but, but here's the flow that I want to drop on you and I'll bid you all to do. Understand that God saves us through Jesus Christ. None of us have ever seen Jesus in the flesh. We cannot go back and turn back the hands of time and go back to the first century and witness Jesus healing the sick. Witness Jesus performing miracles. Witness Jesus preaching, teaching, and healing. Witness Jesus feeding 5,000 men beside women and children with five loaves of bread and two fish. We were not there to witness uh, the empty tomb uh, like the women did uh, on the first resurrection morning. But I believe I got some folks who are watching me online. And I believe I got some folks who are hearing me through a telephone call. And I believe I got a few folks in the sanctuary that will not deny the fact you believe that Jesus is alive. I'll see y'all later. My Mississippi has come out and I'm going to go ahead and shut this thing down. But I stopped by to let you know that you and I are totally dependent on the word of God. And that you and I are dependent on the work of God. And that you and I are dependent on the will of God. None of us in here are by ourselves. And that's why we got to have one another's back as we navigate through this nefarious pandemic. Because even though you and I can't see God, you and I love God. Even though you and I can't see God, you and I trust God. Even though you and I can't see God, you and I know the Lord will get us through this situation somehow. I'll see y'all later. May the Lord bless you real good. But there is a story about Brand called Loverick, who was the president of the Baptist Union of Croatia. He tells of the days when the Soviet Union communist regime was trying to wipe out all forms of Christian religion. 5,000 people had gathered to hear a lecture from an atheistic governmental official about how futile the Christian faith is about the reality of God that did not exist and the truth of Jesus Christ. So as a pretense of fair play, they went and got an old priest out of the prison to stand before the crowd and called upon the priest to refute the official communist line. That priest came forward to the microphone, stood up, started shaking, and he was frightened. But he steps to the mic, and when he gathered his thoughts together, he shouted three words, Christ 
is risen. And the crowd holler back, he is risen indeed. I'll see y'all later. But I stop by to let somebody know that in this pandemic situation, Christ is risen. And if you're at home, if you're on the phone, if you're in the sanctuary, holler back at me. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to find my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth, in a pandemic situation, life is worth, regardless of the hell, life is worth, regardless of denial, life is worth, regardless of ineptitude, life is worth, regardless of betrayal, life is worth, regardless of death, life is worth, the living just, because he lives, do you know he lives, do you know he lives, do you know he lives, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. I'm preaching. Y'all want to know why I preach as hard as I do? Because he lives. Why we work as hard as we do through the church? Because he lives. Why our praise leaders sing the way that because he lives. Why musicians play the way they do because he he lives. I want to um, want to virtually open the doors of the church. Want to virtually give you an opportunity. I'm gonna pray a prayer and. If you would repeat this prayer, wherever you may be, and if this prayer is appropriate for you, I'm going to give you some instructions on what to do next. Bow your heads wherever you may be, and if you would, repeat this prayer after me. God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on resurrection morning. And I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Send your Holy Spirit into my life so I can live for you. 
and so I can bring you glory. Thank you for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Do me this favor. Wherever you are right now, if you want a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you want him to be your Lord and Savior, you want your sins forgiven, it's yours. Is it really that easy? Yep, it is. Here it is. I want you to understand salvation is a gift. You can't earn it. But with salvation being a gift, you got to do your part to accept it. Because we're not in gathered space, you can't walk down an aisle, but you can walk down a virtual aisle. So, here's what I want you to understand. That if you want a relationship with God, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can email connect at spbcnc.org. If you're watching us on Facebook and you want to be baptized into the family of God, you've never been baptized before, type salvation in your chat spot. When our digital ministers will send you a private message to share with you what you need to do next. If you're on our website, click on the salvation button in the chat room. Somebody's going to contact you. Or if you're on the phone, I want you to email connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, at spbcnc.org. If you want to join us by Christian experience, you can join us, if you're watching us YouTube, by emailing connect at spbcnc.org. If you are watching us on Facebook and you want to join through Christian experience, just type connect in your chat box. And when our digital ministers will connect with you, to share with you the next steps. Or if you're watching us on the website, type connect in the chat box when our digital ministers will come, will, will deal with you through the email to connect with you, or you could call the church office and leave a message. And if you're listening on phone, just send an email to connect at St. Paul, connect at spbcnc.org, and somebody will contact you. You can do the same thing with watch care that I've just mentioned as far as those different aspects are concerned. We're getting ready to have a benediction, and we're about to close out today's worship experience. I want to remind you to share your worship selfie pictures on all of our social media platforms that you engage with and others, and also share your favorite part of the worship this morning in the comment section in your chat room. Our digital ministers will stay on the platforms for the next 15 minutes. After this broadcast in, they're there to pray with you, encourage you, and help you to have information about the ministry shifts here at St. Paul Baptist Church. All heads bowed and all eyes closed as we give you the benediction right now. God, we thank you for getting Jesus up from the dead. Now, infuse us and remind us we have resurrection power to go and do the work that lies ahead for this week. Thank you, God, for all you've done in the form of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray, and in his name we say, amen. Listen, God loves you, so do I. I miss you all immensely. I can't wait till we can come back together in physical form. But until then, practice social distancing, keep yourselves safe, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Your pastor loves you. God bless.
to praise God, you can't play with it. You gotta let it flow from your heart. And I thank God for the rock today. I thank God for his presence. I thank God for his power. I thank God for his Don't believe. I don't believe that he brought me this far to leave me. You ought to tell somebody.